raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, December 5th. It is six minutes after 10. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. However, Rob Kendall is taking a well-deserved day off. And in his place, we have... Brad Kloffenstein. Thank you so much for coming in today, Brad. Thank you, Casey. I can't believe you don't call me Brad Kloffensteinstein. Kloffensteinstein? I don't know. Do you find that disrespectful, or are you okay with no, that? I can, I can work with it. You can work with it. You're like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Hey, just, just call me to come in here. I'll be here. In fact, I filled in for you two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and as I put it to Rob, I'm kind of like the WIBC bullpen catcher. When WIBC <laughs> runs out of all the other talent, and the mm-hmm. game's still going on, they're like, mm-hmm. uh-oh. Who are we going to send in? Kloffensee's dying. He's our guy. Uh, So, here's a question. Are you on Twitter? I am. At Indiana Klopp. Oh, K-L-O-P. K-L-O-P. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm also on Twitter, Casey Daniels 317 and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about Twitter for just a minute. That's why I asked. So, Elon Musk promoted uh, a bunch of tweets on Friday showing that uh, Twitter executives were struggling on how to handle the Hunter Biden laptop story, and this was back in 2020 before the presidential election. He said this is going to be awesome. He had a little popcorn emoji, and then with the help of journalist Matt Tybee, they released a bunch of internal documents from Twitter. And uh, Elon went on to say it, it was quite a show. If, if you haven't if you haven't seen the thread, you should definitely dig that up. But uh, Elon went on to say that he wasn't suicidal, making a little reference. If anything happens to me, <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm of sound mind. I'm feeling okay. Don't believe everything. Um, and he vows that he's got a lot more coming and i don't know if that's uh he's alluding to maybe covid19 documents that are going to be released he said this is going to happen within the next two to three days uh he's obviously vetting through all of these internal documents to see what they've got um outing president biden's administration for directing political censorship that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. Can you imagine how that meeting went? Elon Musk shows up at Twitter and says, all right, give me all you got mm-hmm. on what we did when it comes to Hunter Biden's laptop. And as you say, there's probably going to be something about COVID-19. I can't possibly imagine that it wouldn't. But yeah, him just coming in and saying, all right, what have we censored and why? And mm-hmm. how did you come to that conclusion? Mm-hmm. And imagine the blank looks on people's faces who are like, Oh, no. What? He's asking the questions. Yeah, well, and as the owner of the company, he's got a right to see him. And it's one thing for Biden's political campaign team to email Twitter and say, take this down or, you know, delete this and how they responded, handled. But it's totally another for a government official to email Twitter and request, suggest, demand. I mean, what if the head of the CDC said to Twitter, take this down. That's where there needs to be a government investigation. Yes. Or if it was someone from the FBI saying, take this down. I mean, at this point, we have the FBI determining who our president will be. Are they running elections? It's one thing for the government to clarify and provide clarifying information and say, hey, you're misdirected on this. But for them to direct 
mm-hmm. Twitter or anybody else. Or that I, would be like them calling the WIBC newsroom saying, you need to take that story mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that Chris Davis would say, get bent. <laughs> yeah, you know what Chris <laughs> Davis is going to tell him to do. Uh, so Elon was on a, uh, I don't, you, you wouldn't call it a live chat, a live tweet. It was well, a live segment on Twitter. And he was asked about more information coming. And this is what he had to say. Yes, um, the uh, intent is to release uh, all the files. Um, so it's not like anything that's hidden or anything. Yeah, we can yeah, hear you yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you cut out. Yeah, you cut out for a second. Yeah, you were answering. Alex. I mean, I think this is, you know, this is like whatever Stasi files or, um, you know, Truth and Reconciliation. Like Nelson Mandela would say, you know, it's it's if you want reconciliation, there must be truth. So. Um, that's that's the intent here. Intent here is to just make it, make it clear what was happening, and provide transparency about the past, and in doing so, to build trust about the future. Okay, so by providing transparency of the past, it will build trust in the future. He's saying we have to come clean with everything that's been going on here before people are going to have any faith in us in the future. That's a very good CEO. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, that's no different than the people that own Folgers Coffee saying we the consumers have to have faith in our product before they're they're going to be robust consumers of it and enthusiastic um, cheerleaders for it. So I, I think he's onto something. So Representative Comer from Kentucky is unpacking what the release of all these Twitter files means. And here he shares why House Republicans hope to investigate the Biden family business dealings. Thank goodness for Elon Musk. He's definitely the Grinch that stole the Christmas for the Democrat National Committee. And what he's showing here is evidence that the Biden campaign uh, colluded with big tech to suppress a story that we now know is 100% true. The, the problem the Democrats should have is, why were they so scared of the laptop story? And that, the answer, Maria, is because the laptop proves evidence that not only did Joe Biden lie to the American people about his involvement with his family's influence peddling and shady business dealings, it also proves that Joe Biden was a part of those shady business deals. And that's something every American should be concerned about. So. Biden said that it was all a smear campaign. It was a bunch of garbage. That was when he was running for president and he continued saying it after he became president. Deny, deny, deny. <laughs> well, yeah, if you And if, now if you're dead to rights, you deny. <laughs> and now Elon Musk is is showing the receipts, the the pictures, the photographic evidence, so to speak, of what really happened. And it's one of those things that you Gosh, I I knew, but you didn't have proof of it. You just you kept thinking it and you were wondering. I and now here comes Elon Musk. I can't wait for Biden to say, and I would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for those meddling those kids. Those meddling kids. So we take a look at the bigger picture here, and uh, Ron Johnson helps us with that. He states that this showcases corruption by the federal government with big tech and media involved. So what else are we thinking but we haven't seen proof of yet? All those little conspiracy theories? Not theories anymore. No, this is just one platform. I I could only imagine if this came out 
through Facebook, which Facebook's a publicly traded company. I well, mean, and Zuckerberg has said, yeah, the FBI contacted me. What do those emails say? Right. And I, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of platforms out there where there might be a, this might cause a critical eye to go out, and people hopefully start asking those questions, saying, "All right, what were you asked, and who asked those questions?" Mm-hmm. And it's it's an indictment on the intelligence community, and that's kind of what Ron Johnson has to say. Let's listen. How many times have I come on your show here? Uh, over the last two to three years and talked about how as, as troubling as the corruption of the Biden family uh, business dealings are, as, as much as that compromises our national security, as troubling, if maybe even more dangerous, is the corruption that we've uncovered in federal law enforcement, uh, our intelligence agencies, as well as the complicit corrupt media. I mean, th- those, I think, are maybe even larger stories that uh, really threaten our democracy to a far greater extent. Uh, you know, listen, I appreciate what uh, uh, Mr. Musk is doing here. It's, it's certainly revealing an awful lot about that particular censorship. But, you know, our, you know, Senator Grassley and my uh, investigation, Hunter Biden, was hampered uh, really as soon as it started. But certainly all through 2020, when we had Democrats uh, cooperating and, and smearing us and creating false intelligence products, leaking those to the media. You know, the, the scheme that uh, we now know th- from whistleblowers that the FBI developed in August of 2020 to downplay the derogatory information, the the unsolicited briefing that was given to Senator Grassley in August that was then later leaked to smear me in May and impacted the Wisconsin U.S. Senate election in 2022. This, you know, there, there are, you know, I, I've lived this. I've been, you know, on the receiving end of the corruption of the smears. So there is a much, much larger story here than just what's being revealed right now with the Elon Musk's uh, uh, revelations. Tip of the iceberg. I think it is. It's it's our own little Pravda mm-hmm. going on. Of course, Donald Trump had some stuff to say about this. He came out on his Truth Social and he said it's a massive and widespread fraud and deception, which I think, yes, we can all agree with that. But then, of course, he went on to say that it... Uh, we need to have termination of rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. And, well, that's where he lost me on yeah. his, his truth social. He said, our great founders did not want nor condone false and fraudulent elections, which is true. But what is Trump talking about? We're going to toss the Constitution? He seems to be saying exactly that, Casey. Yeah. Um, and that's where he's going to lose a lot of people. And, and I... I put this next audio on the segment just because it's from Rudy Giuliani, and he was uh, he was in the thick of it a few years ago. So I just kind of wanted to hear what he had to say after all of these Twitter files were released. Well, I am very, very, uh, um, I, re- I really appreciate very much what Elon Musk did, not just for me, but for the United States. I mean, this doesn't, this in, in part involves me and in part involves Donald Trump. But more importantly, it implicates our democracy. I mean, Joe Biden and his people have ripped away our democracy in many respects, including using the criminal justice system to go after their enemies. But they stole an election. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, fixing the ballot box. I'm talking about covering up clearly relevant information that demonstrates somewhere around 50 crimes committed by Joe Biden. Okay, I would I would expect Rudy Giuliani to, you know, to take that slant. Um, but even if you're right on a topic, you still have to be likable and believable. 
And I'll give you an example. Uh, Michael, Michael Burry, he's the guy who predicted the housing collapse in 07, 08. He made a billion dollars on it, too. But he was still ostracized because he's a little left to center, a little weird, right? And uh, you have to get people on your side and be right. There's a passionate group of people who love Trump in spite of him. Yes, there are. And, and you're right. Getting people on your side is the biggest key. I, I have lived that life for 30 years, Casey, mm-hmm. that, that yes, just because you might have the best ideas and and it should make sense and it's logical if you are not likable people are not going to get behind you Mm -hmm. and finally we're going to end this segment with actor james woods he was censored by twitter and now he's threatening to sue and he's sue the democratic national committee and here which is really discouraging he lays out the vetting process of woke directors based on their social media. I take it as a compliment, but it's, you know, it's a big price to pay. It's not a lot of fun. I, I loved my career for 50 years. I was happy to be an award-winning yeah. and honored and appreciated actor. And uh, I miss my career. And these yeah. people took it from me. And they'll pay a price it's later in my life, you know. But I have to say, um, I am not going to take it sitting down. I think these people are vermin for doing this to other people. Let's not talk about me for a moment. Let's talk about just simple individuals who put out a tweet and now their lives are destroyed. You know, casting directors literally in my business literally go online and they check every actor who comes in for a part to see who they're following. If an actor or an actress is following me, they will blacklist them. Hmm. This is exhibit A to what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, James Woods, you're absolutely right. But the reason you're not getting parts is because you're a dick. (laughs) Not a fan, huh? No, I've got a buddy. He's claiming he's blacklisted because of his political leanings. No, I've got a buddy who acted in a movie with him. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he said was, yeah, he goes, I went up and shook James Woods' hand. And that guy was just a jerk to me from the moment I met him. And it continued on until we were done filming the movie. Well, he was being censored. He was angry about it. Before then. We actually had a career. It's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC with special guest Brad Klappenstein. All right. Today marks the final ratification of the 21st Amendment in 1933. What is it? National Repeal Day. And this is right up your alley. And we're going to get into it next on 93WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's a beautiful day. It is 22 minutes after 10. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob is off today and Brad is filling in. So, Brad, it's the 89th National Repeal Day. Happy Repeal Day, Casey. I, <laughs> oh, I... I wasted my prop. I opened it too early. What? Well, what do you have? What's your prop? Uh, well, you got a well, beer over there? Uh, well, for those of you on the YouTube chat, uh, you are 
watching that feed, mm-hmm. you'll notice it's probably a Diet Dr. Pepper. Although it is in my own beer koozie, the Alps Brow beer. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so happy repeal day. So, mm-hmm. in addition to my role as president of the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. the Chamber of Commerce pays the bills, but I've also been the volunteer president of the Indiana Licensed Beverage Association, okay. which is the trade association for the smaller independent bars and taverns around the state of Indiana. So, that organization has been in existence for 89 years because it was founded when um, the United States repealed prohibition. Yeah. It was the state of Utah was the la- was the state that tipped tipped the iceberg mm-hmm. that uh, that got rid of the 21st amendment with the 21st amendment. So so yeah, that was uh, 89 years ago today. Okay. So the cost of cocktails away from home have increased by 7% because of inflation. And I'm wondering is that affecting the liquor aisle? It is. In fact, I know the booze aisle. Yeah, I know that all all the beer, domestic beers across the board have had a price increase here in the last couple months Mm -hmm. Um, on insider industry publications. I noticed that uh, spirits have gone up. Interestingly, consumers, though, are still trading up. Um, So they are consumers are spending more on the more the luxury items, your, your higher end spirits. However, they are drinking less. So, so while their their total spend is about the same, they're drinking better. If oh, you will. okay. Yeah. So okay. So talk to me about this con- congresswoman uh, who asked the TTB on how to prevent big soda from potential unfair trade practices. So Casey, that's in that in, in the alcohol industry, the big thing that's going to be coming down in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Pepsi, Coke, all of these big non-alcoholic producers yeah. are wanting to get into the alcohol space. And right. that opens up a whole world of questions because you've got the three-tier system. The 21st Amendment said you ha- the, the first tier is the manufacturers, the second tier is the distributors, and the third tier is the retailers, and those are not supposed to mix. Well, you've got Coke and Pepsi that have a big distribution system of their own. Right, there are all their hard seltzers. And- right, it, but, but none of that is licensed by the Alcohol and Tobacco Commission in Indiana. Um, and none of their suppliers are licensed to distribute that. Well, they're wanting to run all that through their own distribution network. And I'm sure that the feds will have something to say about whether or not you can buy your hard, you know, a Jack and Coke or whatever through your Coca-Cola bottler mm-hmm. as opposed to running that through Southern Wine and Spirits or, or Republic National Distributors. So you're, you're going to see more of that on the horizon. What does the Indiana Licensed Beverage Association do? So we are an advocacy group for bars and taverns mm-hmm. around the state of Indiana. What are you advocating for? So anything from like some of the things when I was executive director, and this goes back 15 years ago, it used to be that bars had to closed down at 1230 on mm-hmm. Sunday nights. Yeah. We got that law thrown out. Uh, used to be on Sundays, they couldn't open until 11 a.m. They can now open at seven, seven days a week. That's you? That you was me. That? I did <laughs> election day sales. That's me. Okay. Uh, Christmas day sales. Uh-huh. That's me. Um, pull tabs and bars. Mm-hmm. That's me. Now, obviously, I, I had other people helping, but uh, and and then the big one, and Abdul was just in here, and unfortunately, he walked away. He might come running back in when I tell this story. The whole, on daylight saving time, when mm-hmm. the clocks change, mm-hmm. um, in the spring, when the clocks 
move forward, that happens at 2 a.m., so it's 2 a.m. becomes 3 a.m. Well, it was going to be that the bars were going to have to close immediately at 2 a.m. It just so happened that Indianapolis was hosting a Final Four that weekend. Oh. And Abdul was saying, oh, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Anyhow, it's not going to matter. It's true. So I put out a press release saying, <laughs> you know what? Indianapolis is supposed to be hosting all these people from around the country, and here we are. Daylight saving time is supposed and this was the first time we observed daylight t- saving time. I go, mm-hmm. daylight saving time is supposed to help generate more business for the state of Indiana. And its very first hour, it's going to cost Indiana bars $150,000. Oh. That blew up. Mitch Daniels did an executive order the very next day saying Scrap bars that. can stay open. Yeah, of course. That was me. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Good work. Thank you. you. 27 minutes after 10. And uh, last week, we had a lengthy conversation about bands and who should be on the Mount Rushmore of rock bands. And someone suggested that you too should be on the list of top four. And I just have happened to come across this clip and I thought it was appropriate to play. Here is President Biden commenting on you too, but like normal, he gets his figures just a little off. 150 albums sold among the most ever. And it's true that their music is a bridge between Ireland and America, between two friends. 150 albums. 150 albums. 150 <laughs> that, albums. That the like, most sold ever. Sounds like Uno Gold I was kind of numbers. Say, Kevin's band <laughs> could sell more than 150 albums. So uh, just to be clear, you two have released... 13 studio albums, one of the world's best-selling music artists of all time, having sold more than 170 million records worldwide. And that is since January 19th of this year. Uh, Biden was close. He, he was real close. 150 versus 170 million. So you asked this question before the show. A little bit, little bit different. Before the show started, yeah. your Mount Rushmore bands, mm-hmm. what, are, what are yours? What are mine? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I haven't put the thought into that. I it was it was more of um what do we say? It was based on longevity and hits and societal impact. My personal favorite would not probably come into that category. Why do you have a Mount Rushmore? I, I, I scribbled down a couple. Some of these are generational, but you two and then excess for mm-hmm. sure are on there. I mean Uno Gold is a given. So, <laughs> <laughs> others, He's pandering to the producer. Uh, others could be the cure mm-hmm. or nickelback or okay. Okay. Bare Naked Ladies or The Killers. Okay. Those are all more modern. They are. Uh, our, our list wasn't quite that modern. I, I, I get, we had the, um, Queen on that list and The Beatles and The Rolling Stones and I think Led Zeppelin was what we decided. But... Since that conversation, we have had a lot of input from you, and 317-684-8444 is the phone number, and we've got your voicemails coming up next from 93WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. The number 317-684-8444. If you'd like to contribute with your questions, comments, or smart remarks. Uh, Rob Kendall is on vacation today. He's out. And I know he was he was blowing up Twitter all weekend long with property tax uh, conversations. So we're, we're just going to leave that for him for when he returns tomorrow. Now, Casey, I forgot to ask you when we started this morning, mm-hmm. is there a particular quota on how many times I'm supposed to say Duke of Spindingburg? or high-tax Holcomb <laughs> or Colonel Bray. I mean, we haven't said any of those so far. Well, let's see. Check, check, check. You got them all in. 
so that should make him happy. Um, okay, so um, back to the back to the conversation about the bands because you know it's it's the little things that people get worked up about. Uh, we have quite a few phone calls about this, and we're going to try and get through as many of these as we can. So let's go, Kevin. Yeah, I was just following up with my previous voicemail. I forgot to add that. The Glenn Miller Band, which I know that wasn't a choice, but it should be up there, uh, has longevity and societal impact because of the fact that it's still played in movies and TV shows. He had a bunch of hits when, when he was alive, and they even made a movie about him. So, suck it, Rob. <laughs> even when he's not here, people like giving him a hard time. <laughs> Glenn Miller Band. Now, Kevin, um, did we say rock band specifically? I think we just said bands, so I did think we, any genre can I, really... I, I thought we said rock band, because we we were talking about Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, and this this conversation all became on the death of Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac. And yes. Does Fleetwood Mac belong on the Mount Rushmore of rock bands. I think, as we, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's generational. It's yeah. For if you're a baby boomer, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you're a Gen Xer like me, then I think you're more into the NXSs and Tom Petty's and mm-hmm. and U2s. So Some of the music from the '80s. So yep. the Glenn Miller Band, he 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 does have a point as far as longevity, but it's it's not a rock band. No. So we're going to disqualify that one. And we did give everybody a list of options to choose from, but people like to just call in and, and give their input regardless of our list, which is fine. Um, okay, what's next? For the conversation you had about Purdue football, uh, yeah. Purdue in general just sucks. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they have a good basketball team, but the university sucks. Uh, there's that old saying, how do you get to Purdue from Indianapolis? You head north until you smell it, and then you turn west until you step in it. So, (laughs) Purdue sucks. That's also probably why Indiana University removed their affiliation with them uh, at what was formerly IPFW. Now it's just PFW because IU couldn't stand to be in the same thing as them. Uh, I wonder how long until it's just... Purdue University of Indianapolis instead of IU, uh, IUPY. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rob, Rob was saying, you know, he's an IU grad, but but now in the studio, I have a daughter who's at Purdue, and you're I'm, a Purdue I'm grad. I'm a Boilermaker. One, Kevin, can we... Can we extract that man's phone number and broadcast it out? Because I I feel bad. I mean, other than I used lone victory in basketball last year where they won one of two against Purdue in men's basketball, mm-hmm. I believe that was their first victory in something like 1,700 days. I, I don't want to bring that up, but I don't want to bring up the fact that I think in the old oak and bucket that, that the Boilermakers have won almost two-thirds of those. Um Really? And I've been saying for a long time, Casey, that Mm -hmm. I'm 
I want both IU and Purdue to be good so that when the old Oaken Bucket happens or they face each other on the it's basketball court, that, that it actually means something. But only one of the two schools in this state is actually holding up their end of the bargain. So whenever <laughs> IU decides they're going to stop playing D2 ball, maybe we can have a rivalry again. Spoken like a true alumnus. Um, your education, I'm sure, has been very good to you. Uh, okay, so uh, more phone calls, 317-684-8444. What do we have next what about acdc oh. metallica the doors i'm sure they influenced a ton of people mm-hmm. thank you yeah yeah i actually thought about the doors after we did that segment did I think, you i think that would be a, a good one yeah i think we actually did mention acdc as a possibility yeah acdc was we mentioned. kicked that one around because for those about to rock we salute you okay what else we have rob I have been listening to you for over two years, <laughs> and I agree on almost 100% of what you say. But I'm going to have to draw the line when it comes to the Ramones, because I love the Ramones. Yeah! And a lot of people love the Ramones because they are badass. <laughs> I love you, and I love Casey and Kevin. All of you guys are great. <laughs> have a nice day. Oh, the Ramones. It's one of those... Um high passion groups maybe a small group but high passion right yeah i want to be sedated is great intro music i i agree and rob uh i don't think he fully understands how impactful the uh, punk movement was Mm -hmm. i i would almost argue that you could say now we called it new wave in the early 80s but then they started calling it alternative music and then grunge all kind of spurred from that punk yeah. Anything that's just a little different, so, non-mainstream. Yeah, when I, I went to Purdue, I, I I started. We had a dorm radio station, WLAY Radio, and in 1987, when I left Central Indiana and went up to Purdue, suddenly we were getting WXRT out of Chicago, mm-hmm. and all all of these alternative bands, REM, mm-hmm. um, the Smithereens, mm-hmm. the Smiths. I was introduced to all well, those bands. You mentioned the Cure. The Cure. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, my world expanded dramatically. Did you call it new wave or did you call it alternative? Alternative. Alternative. Yeah. Okay. All right, we've got some more calls. Hey guys, this is Chris Southside. Um, was listening to you guys talking about uh, rock and roll Mount Rushmore, and I got to thinking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which they're going to have to change the name to that because it's no longer the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It bugs the hell out of me that just about anybody can get in it now. I think they even wanted to put Dolly Parton in there, and she <laughs> said no because she's not a rock and roll act. Um, I mean, I I would prefer it stay strictly rock and roll Hall of Fame, but uh, and I understand that you know at some point you'll run out of nominees, uh, but you know it's not the Pop Hall of Fame, it's not the Country Hall of Fame, it's just been co-opted and I, and I I don't like it. I mean, I'm a pure rock and roll guy. I have been since the 70s and uh, I just want to give you my thoughts on that. Hmm. Thanks. Good point. Should it be called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or should it just be the Music Hall of Fame? I mean, there's the, the Grand Ole Opry, which focuses on the country music in Nashville. and uh, I, But I, it's not all just rock and roll. I mean, 
I, I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and there's Michael Jackson stuff is there, and I wouldn't consider that's pop music. It, I wouldn't consider that music. rock. There, there's nothing wrong with calling it the Music Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Now, Casey, I was I was handed a note by management here. Yeah. Uh, I want to remind the listeners: tune in Wednesday night for IU basketball here on these airwaves. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who sent you that for real? <laughs> no, no, nobody. Said I just made that up, but it, it did occur to me: we are the home of IU basketball here at WIB. Yeah, um, you know what, and that guy brought up an interesting point about the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and um, the bands of the 70s and some of the bands of the 80s. And Kevin, you should probably weigh on weigh in on this because you're the musician here. Um, music is so fragmented now and there's so many different places to get it that are we we're not going to have the iconic bands no. anymore. No, you won't. It, it, and some of that is because yeah, there used to only be a half dozen radio stations in town, and that was the only place you could get music. Right. So you were at the mercy of whatever they were playing. Right. Yeah, it's uh, more easy than ever to uh, make your own music and upload it to, to the mm-hmm. internet. So it's just, you can find new music anywhere. Really. Yeah, there's so many places to consume it that the audience is so fragmented that there isn't going to be the super iconic super groups no and that's going to make it harder and harder for the the rock and roll hall of fame to find members to induct just Mm -hmm. because yes people self-select just like they self-select their news sources Mm -hmm. they're self-selecting what they're listening to and yeah all right we've got time for one more phone call kevin can we uh skip down to the very last one uh you want to skip it yeah go 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 down to the i i think it's the message for rob kendall rob rob um casey love the show uh, listen every day. Um, Rob, about taking vacation time and being out of the office and whatnot. Um, share a little story with you with life, what life was back in the 70s. My dad was a CEO of a bank. And he, by federal law, had to spend a minimum of two weeks out of the bank on vacation. And the reason why they did this was so the feds could go in and audit the bank, and if he was doing anything funny with money, (laughs) then it would turn up when he was out of the office. So the fact that you enjoy your job is, is a bonus to Indiana and to Indianapolis. And, bro, if you want to work all them hours, go for it, because... (laughs) <laughs> I miss you guys when you're not on. So hang in there, bro. Love the show. Hope you guys have great holidays. That was a nice phone call. Uh, we're not taking an audit while Rob is gone. We're going to be checking the books, checking to make sure that the numbers are right. Right. Although, I do agree with his sentiment. It is good that Rob gets out of the studio once in a while. Absolutely. Sadly, I'm, I'm sure he's watching online. But, but I yeah, hope it, he's enjoying his day He needs to get out there with the commoners, the little people. <laughs> reach the listeners. Reach out and touch them like Joe Biden. Okay. Uh, Hammer's going to join us next. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. 
All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. loss for the Colts this weekend and a, and a decent loss huh what was the score 50 50 doesn't matter they gave up a 50 burger <laughs> they gave up 33 <laughs> points in the fourth quarter alone yeah. now this was a close game in the fourth quarter and I stayed up and watched it because there are gambling ramifications on the line got money on the line and, uh, yeah, that was probably the worst quarter I have ever seen the Colts play. Like, that game against New England, the mm-hmm. full game, was close to rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I've seen some bad football. The post-Baltimore move Colts, the early 1990 Colts, I've seen some bad football. Uh, but that Patriots game a couple of weeks ago was on par with that, from the opening kick to the final whistle. This fourth quarter, though, just mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, quarter might be the worst I've ever seen. So did you make your parlay? Oh, I'm not a parlay guy. No, okay. You watch my programs, you'll know parlay bets are sucker bets. <laughs> the books, the oh, sports makers, they want you to do parlay bets because everybody thinks they know everything and you've got to get all these dominoes to fall before you win. And guess what? Chances are you'll lose more than you win. So I'm not a parlay guy, so I had a lot of individual bets in play. Won most of them, but the most egregious one was I that I lost was I had the under in the game, mm-hmm. 44 and a half points. The Cowboys beat that by themselves last night. <laughs> That's how bad the Colts were. Parlay bets are sucker bets. They I'm, are. I'm going to need you to... Um tell that to somebody at my house if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> right? And like every dude thinks, oh, I win parlay bets all the time. Uh-huh. Show us your yearly total on your parlay <laughs> bets because they are sucker bets. Now, if you do win one, it's a great payoff. And you could say, well, you just win one, then you know, you've know you paid for your monthly mm-hmm. stipend or whatever, right, depending bankroll. on how much you play. But if you do them more often than not, you will lose. The money is in individual bets. Hammer's in the studio with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Rob is out today. Brad is filling in. So somebody else who surprisingly lost this weekend was Joey Chestnut in the shrimp yeah. eating contest. He you was had just a, you here. Had him in, yeah, you had him in on Friday, and what? Did he seem like he was in good form? Was he complaining about any stomach aches or a toothache no. or anything? He seemed to be in Joey Chestnut form. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nigel and I raced him in a shrimp eating contest, which is never really a race for him. Right. You know, by the time we have the second shrimp even picked up, he's done. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he seemed fine, and he got fourth place in the shrimp eating contest. But Casey, you and I were talking about this before we came on here today. I still think that shows you how good this dude is. When he doesn't win, we're shocked. Right, right. That's a that's a surprise that he didn't win. It's newsworthy when he doesn't win. Right, because when he does the hot dog eating contest, mm-hmm. like it's him and everybody else. There's nobody that's even a close second. He's right. the Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan of his <laughs> of his sport. There's no doubt about it. Right, and I don't know what happened. I didn't see the race. I saw it up updated on my phone. I was like, man, he didn't even get second. He got fourth. Although he's had, what, a 10-year run? Maybe longer than that. It'd be the top, the pinnacle of mm-hmm. that sport, if it's a sport. And you know what? Every great champion finally 
has to uh, to come to the, come to terms with their career might be coming to an end. Are we seeing that? Rob and I had a debate one day. Like we're not comparing the sports, but who is more dominant in their respective sport? Tom Brady in football, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods in golf, or Joey <laughs> Chestnut in competitive eating. I would make the case that it's Joey Chestnut in competitive eating. Oh, no doubt He's about it. He's got more wins than losses, right? Right. And like there are a bunch of competitors. It's an individual sport. It's mm-hmm. not like you can rely on a teammate sometime right. to bail you out. Uh, in or, terms, or to blame. Right. <laughs> in terms of their individual craft, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jordan, Joey Chestnut, you know, prime Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali. Uh, I think I go Joey Chestnut. Hey, I wanted to play this really quick. Uh, this is from the ref cam from the Purdue, Michigan game. Be an official. This is the hat cam on the line judge, Rudy Stud. So if anyone knows what you know, this is what it's like to fucking to Jim Harbaugh on the sideline during a timeout. How good is that? So Jim Harbaugh's face was right there in the camera. What did you think about that? I thought, man, that's the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. We're starting that rumor right now. We're starting that rumor right now because I'm telling you, if Michigan somehow uh-huh. wins the national championship, uh-huh. he's going to ride off in the sunset as so? a Michigan legend, a great player, a coach that won a championship, and he doesn't have to recruit anymore after that. I wonder if he's going to give his uh, half of a million dollar purse for winning the Big Ten championship away like he has in years past. Maybe, but I'm telling you, he was in Indy last weekend. Mm-hmm. Jim Mercer, I hope you were on the phone. Looking at property, uh, what do you have coming up this afternoon? Monday Gun Day with Guy Relford. He'll join us in studio, and uh, Kevin Bowen will recap whatever that was last night with the Colts. All right, thanks, Hammer. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.